He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? Welcome, everybody, to your least favorite day of the week. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined uh, by a good friend of mine who I haven't spoken in way too long because we're both way too busy nowadays. Adam Mattis is on the show here. And uh, I opened up with the least favorite day of the week because we're recording this on a Monday. We used to record on my favorite day of the week, Friday. So It's true. Yeah. yeah. Are we? So, is it Monday? God, I did not even – it does not feel like – it feels like a Wednesday to me. Well, I think it kind of sort of is for a lot of people, right? Like people are taking yeah. short week, short work holidays. Weeks and, yeah. 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 How have you been, man? Good. Um, not <laughs> super enjoying this, this NBA season so far, but uh, yeah. hopefully that changes. Probably won't, but hopefully it does. So Adam, Adam is uh, obviously covering, has been covering the Nuggets now for, for about as long as I've been doing this with the Lakers here. He does it over there at DNVR. We've already spoken to uh, somebody who covers the Phoenix Suns for PHNX. Uh, that is a a, a kind of sister site to what they're doing up there. More of in, a child in... site, if we're being honest. They're more, they're, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want that to be like on the level of a sibling. Really, mm. I, I, I consider myself more of a father to uh, to the people there. Uh, well, you know, you're you. you that's, that's fine. <laughs> I'm just trying to establish dominance here. You have to, you know. I have, no, I have no idea what to do with that. No, no like usually, I usually have a response for everything. I wasn't ready for fatherhood uh, of website <laughs> takes. Like that's not, that's not where I was ready to go today. So where we are going to go, Lakers and Nuggets are sitting at basically the same record. Uh, the Lakers are at 16 and 15. The Denver Nuggets are at 15 and 14. Um, both teams are kind of ravaged by injuries and COVID, and uh, both teams are just kind of trudging along through the season, uh, mostly being kind of pulled as far as they can go by great players, right? In Jokic's case, he's having an, uh, another incredible season. In the Lakers' case, it's been, you know, LeBron, whenever he's been available, has made the Lakers a different kind of team. And, and that's kind of where I wanted to start. Over the course of this conversation, we'll get to some other stuff here. But, but for the Lakers and Nuggets, I was thinking about this as I was kind of getting ready to talk to you. The Lakers and Nuggets face in that Western Conference Finals. The Lakers wind up winning and going on and, and playing in the, in the Finals. And then the following year, you know, the Nuggets lose Jamal Murray. Um, and the Lakers basically don't have Anthony Davis for, you know, half of the season. And LeBron gets dinged up. And then this year, again, we see Anthony Davis is going to miss at least a month here with this knee thing. And uh, LeBron has missed roughly half of the Lakers game so far. And it really feels like, even though we're now talking about two seasons after the fact, that mm. like the, the, the course that both these franchises were on feels kind of altered because of what the NBA asked them to do in successive seasons. Do you, do you ever like find yourself thinking about that or is that just like a sad me up late at night kind of a thing? Um, I do actually think about it a lot because I think there's something to it. It's like these things all did happen in very short order. And I think the bubble run in particular, just like a lot of, uh, there was just a lot of fatigue off of that bubble run that yeah. um, I think has been lingering. So 
the Celtics were part of that. You know, yep. they've been terrible. They might just be a bad team, but maybe there is a little bit of like, you know, lingering from that. Miami, of course, last year had basically the year off. Like they took, they're the one team out of these four that took a, a yeah. gap year. Mm -hmm. um, but no, I think about it a lot. Denver, I mean, Denver has just had really, really, really bad injury luck. You mentioned Jamal Murray, but it was also Will Barton, who's another starter. Yeah. I mean, he was a starter player and for the first 20 games of this season was their second best player, but he was, you know, he also got injured last year. And then MPJ. of course they had PJ Dozier as well. So um, I think about it a lot. I think there's something to it. Yeah. It's, it's tough because on the one hand, obviously you're happy that the team makes that, that playoff run. And, and, you know, I was hoping that we'd be able to see more playoff runs, more series between these two teams. And it just feels like both teams are just reeling. And, and you know what? Like, I'm re I'm exhausted. I feel like we've been watching basketball for like three straight years. <laughs> like I, I was very exhausted this summer, this off season. And, mm -hmm. and even to start the season, I was a little like, man, I could have used another month or what have you. I'm back in the swing of things now to where I'm kind of enjoying the season. Well, I'm enjoying the idea trying that there to. Been, trying to enjoy the fact that there's games and this or that. Like, obviously, it's chaos right now. But um, but I definitely felt that coming into the season where I was like, wow, training camp, huh? Okay, wow, okay. Yeah. Well, we we not ready. We lost a month of the of the off season. Like there right. there was still another short off season here. And right. and again, and so some of this look, COVID clearly isn't going anywhere and we're going to talk about that here in a bit. Um and so maybe both teams just run into this as all professional sports are running into this because you have a series of bubbles that are trying to travel throughout the country and clearly once one case of COVID enters any of those bubbles, you're going to start seeing it just kind of race through organizations. And that's what we're seeing in all of these situations. Every time one player tests positive or, you know, whatever catches COVID, you see, you just immediately say, all right, well, buckle up. We'll see how bad this gets. And, you know, the Nuggets right now, they, they're, they postpone a game, right? Like they, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they've postponed a game here for, for Denver and they're just, you know, the, the Lakers, I feel like are kind of heading towards that too. They're trying to just throw literal bodies at the problem in, in trying to bring in these replacement players. And, you know, it, I, we were talking before the show and we, we, we obviously talk a lot throughout the season anyway, it just feels so the bubble was already tough and you, you already knew heading into it that it was just, look, we're just going to do whatever we can to put these guys in, in as safe a situation as possible and not lose that chunk of a season. And, you know, even while the basketball was different and even while we saw some outlier performances and even while it really highlighted how much fans matter in, in these games. Like I, I remember watching and then the first game that fans were back, I was like, Oh, that's right. That's a big part of what we were missing. Even while all of those things were going, going on. Um, I never quite felt as I have felt this season where it's just like, you know what, we're just going to do whatever we have to do. Anthony, <laughs> this is so obvious, though. Like, this, this is what's funny. Of course you didn't feel that way. The Lakers were dominating the bubble two years Maybe. ago. It felt real. It felt, hey, this is right. It's a weird year, but we know it's going the way it should have gone, which is the Lakers' ascension to the top. This totally. year has not yeah. been the case. I so didn't care like, about the pandemic then. It was just a matter of getting ring number 17. <laughs> yes, you're no, right. But in all, in all seriousness, though, it did track – a more with like what people were expecting the clippers you know were in the bubble and were playing while the lakers like lakers clippers it's gonna happen yeah um 
so I think it just tracked with that. Like right now, two years have gone by. The Phoenix Suns are now at the top of the the food chain. You know, the Warriors yeah. have bounced back in this way. Like the Clippers, Lakers, Nugget, the teams that you kind of thought were going to be mainstays at the top are are all struggling because they've been most affected by by injuries and COVID and whatnot. So I think that's probably part of it. Even a team like Chicago, who's probably just better than everybody thought they were, mm-hmm. th- them being at the top, people are like, I don't know if that's real. I think it is. It's just this is just where we are right now. Um it is uneven, though, of course, the way teams are being affected. Like, there are some, yeah. like, the, the Utah Jazz, the Phoenix Suns, the Golden State Warriors have largely avoided major injuries, knock mm-hmm. on wood, and and also major protocols so far. We'll see if it continues that way, but so yeah. far, at least. And it's no surprise they're at the top of the West. Yeah, I, I guess I guess for me, it just... It... I felt like the bubble, they were at least trying to... Like, they, they at least took COVID into into account whereas like now it's just like okay yeah now you can just sign whoever you have to sign and we just got to get through these games we just got to get through these stretches and and it, it it doesn't feel like they're they're trying to be safe about this or trying to try trying oh. to to like with with the bubble they did they went to extensive lengths to make sure everybody was safe here it's just like here, there's just meat shields. Let's just yeah, quality kind, over quantity kind of, this thing. A little bit. But so that has more to do with two things. Number one, we just know a lot more about this virus yeah. and about the pandemic than before. I mean, look, I remember I got COVID right around the bubble, right, right before it or something. This is before the vaccine was available or what have you. Mm-hmm. And I remember people being worried for my, my well-being. You know, I'm a 37-year-old yeah. pretty healthy guy. And I'm, I'm, there are cases. I was one of them. You know, <laughs> Yeah, there are cases of people that have gotten COVID who have been healthy and young and, you know, it didn't work out well. But we know now, statistically speaking, like, hey, that's probably yeah. you're probably going to get through this. And, and there's there's treatments and this and that, that that up your odds. And then, of course, the vaccine, the vaccine changes everything. So where we were two years ago was just different in that we were really worried about yeah. healthy, athletic, 25 year old men, you know, getting COVID and it being a big deal. I think we kind of know now likely especially if you're vaccinated your symptoms are going to be only reach a a certain level of severity most likely and that's a risk i think everybody including the players association is now Mm -hmm. more willing to take than they were two years ago yeah i guess i get i i'm look mathematically scientifically what you're talking about is inarguable right like what you're talking about is that especially when you take into account that 98 or 7 percent of these guys are vaccinated to to a certain extent how many of them went with Pfizer or Moderna, how many of them went with Johnson and Johnson, how many of them have gotten the booster, all of these things. Like if you're, if you're, if you're asymptomatic and you test positive and you have the vaccine in in your, in your system, then I can understand why somebody in that situation, like Malik Monk right now is trying to get free leak, uh, trending. It's a, he puts that at the end of, so if you're asymptomatic, I can understand why you're saying, let's just let me play. Right. Just let, let me play. And if you're the players union, you're probably sitting there saying like, let these guys play. It, it, right. If they're asymptomatic, they clearly want to get out well, there onto I don't the court. Know about, they don't want to miss time. Yeah. I don't know if you're going to be able to allow players to play though, because no, I don't as, long as, you're, as long as you're still contagious. I mean, that's obviously the, the thing that's difficult about this is you could be asymptomatic, but spread it amongst everybody, especially with this new variant that seems more yeah. spreadable, you know? So unfortunately this idea of like allowing unlimited amount of replacement players or temporary players to me it's a horrible idea but it's the best one we've got yeah the only other ideas are you know i hear a lot of people say we should shut it down for six weeks or that's something. not happening well one it's and not it also happening. Doesn't the logistics do of that are a lot harder and two it's almost certainly not going to do anything it'll just pop that just means we'll have outbreaks in 
April and May as opposed to January and February. So unfortunately, I think the NBA knows this. They know the risks now for like, you know, severe injury to players because of this, you know, where somebody gets a really bad case that lingers and does this or that or, or lower and everybody understands the risk. You don't have to participate. You actually can mm-hmm. sit out if you so choose. Like nobody's being forced to play, um, you know. So the, the all of this stuff together, I think the NBA just looks at it and goes, we can't delay. We can't do anything. Let's just make it so that we cancel as few games as possible. And if the Brooklyn Nets don't feature any of their 10 main players, so be it. Let's just do that so we plow through. And hopefully by the time we get to April, when the play- games really matter, hopefully by then <laughs> – everybody's already gone through all of this. So we're like, we're like through the clear and everybody, we can have a healthy playoffs and more normal playoffs. I also like one underrated part of this that, that like I find myself thinking a lot about is all right. Congratulations. Like Jamario Jones just got picked up and Mason Jones uh, just got picked up by the Lakers. And, um, and by the way, if you want more information on those guys, that'll be on the lowdown uh, tonight or tomorrow morning, whenever you feel like listening. But, um, so the Jamario Jones, Mason Jones, they're both getting Jones had a shot at the NBA a couple of years ago. He was with the Lakers at one point. I, I liked him. I thought he was fine. And then uh, Mason Jones is getting his legit first shot. And there's a whole bunch of players who are getting their first legit shot right. at playing in the NBA. And it just feels super cold to be like, hey, congratulations. You're playing for the you play for the Lakers. <laughs> you just have to risk viral outbreak <laughs> oh see, I, I get it. again to me I'm not, I'm, I'm not i'm not there with it like i get it yeah um, you know full disclosure my company owns a bar that's where our headquarters are like i work mm-hmm. out of a bar i am around people more than most people are and it's a, Jeez, one of those brag things much. Where, like, gosh what's that <laughs> well i'm saying it's an inevitable for me <laughs> no, no. I, I approach it much more of an inevitability of again i am vaxxed and have a booster i wear the mask you know in public space i do all of the things i can to protect myself mm-hmm. but i have the choice now of saying Am I, do I feel the need to restrict myself in the way that we did in 2020 when this thing was first happening and we didn't mm-hmm. less information and less resources available and all this or that? And I say like, no, I've done everything I can. This thing isn't going anywhere. So I'm going to take the precautions, but still try to proceed as normal as I can so that I don't lose the business I spent my life trying to build. So, yeah. um, and I think the same is going to be true for these NBA players. Like I don't, they don't have to play again. Nobody is signing NBA contracts saying you have to get out there and play. It's like, Hey man, like yeah. this is your shot. It sucks that it's not a better shot, a better opportunity. But um, I think for a lot of these guys, the nuggets have Davon Reed. He's been working his whole life for this opportunity. He is not thinking about the pandemic. He's just thinking about, I got a second 10 day. I'm going to go out there and play well. Yeah, no, I, I, I guess, I guess I'm mostly with you in that, like all we can do, it's actually kind of important societally, right? That, Get your get your vaccinations, get your booster, um, and then try to go out there and, and try to live as normal as possible, so that like we don't go through exactly what we went through last time when the late when the NBA did go into the bubble like that. You're and I right. think the messaging is part of what's so important here, Anthony. Like we're both yeah. on the same page with this. There's so many like I feel like people feel there are so many conflicting reports or what am I supposed to do? You want to shut it all down? Like here's the message: being vaccinated with a booster actually affords you you're less likely to get it to begin with. And number mm-hmm. two, you're not, you're, the, the symptoms are going to be a lot more mild. We know this statistically. Yeah. It's not foolproof. And I think this is where a lot of people like to throw it in. I thought you said this was going to keep me safe. Like, look, it's not foolproof. Unfortunately, yeah. we wish it was, but it is better. It's and, also labeled a vaccine. It's not and, labeled as a cure. But I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah. getting the message out there of, hey, we choose to live life as normal, not like we're not just trying to hide now. We're taking, preca- these are the precautions to take to give yourself the best chance. But outside of that, like, let's go and do the thing. 
to me is the more powerful message than yeah. the like, should we shut it down? Should we be, I don't, I don't, I just don't think we know two years of data now. Like this is, this is a message that is ill received. Well, look, shutting it down on any number of topics, like NBA aside, shutting stuff down again, isn't enough. like we saw that yeah. shutting down the economy and shutting down, you know, all of these things, shutting down the restaurants and, 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 yeah. and, and the live concert venues and all of these things, like, like, sure, you, you, you uh, kept people safer for that amount of time, but we also, you know, lost a shit ton of restaurants and we right. a whole bunch yeah. of people are still trying to get on their feet. And yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, I know there are people listening to this right now, probably who are saying, right, but it's, it sucks that we live in a society where it's necessary to go out and risk viral outbreak to continue to keep this economy rolling. But that's just where we're at. I don't, I don't yeah, think there's anything the world, like though. this. Like, that's, 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 <laughs> that's just life. Like, yeah, some yeah. parts of life are bummer. Like, it's yeah. a, a bummer I'm hungry three times a day. It's very inconvenient to have to eat three times a day. That's the way it works. Um, but, all right. You got, you got to tell me what you're eating so that you're t like, if you're, you're not eating the right food, if you're saying it's an inconvenience <laughs> to eat, like, you should, I enjoy what I eat. <laughs> oh, look, man, I, if I could eat like once, yeah, once a day, one good meal that I would make it work. Okay. Three times you got to stop and then prepare or yeah. Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> this is one of your weirder even, takes ever. Here's, here's <laughs> an even weirder one. I think sleep is inconvenient. I wish I, well, like, sure. as much as yeah. I enjoy It'd be great it, not you, to get tired. Yeah. If you just didn't get tired and I was like, sweet, I just get to you know do things 24 hours a day. I'd feel great. I would take I, it. I think Adam just um, did a, a live read for cocaine right there. I think that's... <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so we, we talked about the Lakers, we talked about the Nuggets and the season that that they are going through. With, but I think like there are only maybe three or four, maybe five fan bases that are looking at the season and saying like, "Woo, this is fun. We I'm should keep it time, going." Yeah. yeah. Um, who do you think like who do you think is the saddest fan base? Now? Like which which Ooh. which group out there is saying like, "God, this sucks. Please shut down the season, not for COVID, because I don't want to do this anymore." The most miserable team in the NBA is probably the New Orleans Pelicans. <laughs> they <laughs> ten and twenty-one. Zion, I like the Zion. So doesn't want to be there. A nightmare. Um, their season is pretty much over. I mean, honestly, they're, they're how many games back are they now? They're only three games back of the play-in, so I guess it's not over. But it's not exciting, and the Zion news is a real punch to the gut. Um, it. How many years in a row has it been? I just think their vibes power ranking. They come in thirtieth for sure. <laughs> I, I think I saw. I think it was. It's my old colleague at 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 uh, with Lockdown Pelicans, right? Who was saying that like he's hearing that Zion is falling asleep in film study, and right. that he just doesn't. He's just skipping out on on some of his stuff. That's uh, that's wild. Yeah, this this stuff is just starting to leak. But I've been. I'm sure you have too. I think we've talked about it. We've been hearing this stuff for years with Zion oh, yeah. that he's not exactly the most like um, Johnny Hustle leader in the locker room. Like, hey, we're all gonna work out together and hey I'm, yeah. i work the hardest of anyone like we've, we've heard these rumblings for a while that watch watch that so he has that commercial the mountain dew commercial with zach levine right of course watch that can watch that commercial and next time you watch it pay attention to how much of their drink they actually drink like levine takes the fake sip where he puts it up to his <laughs> lips and he puts it back down and zion takes a freaking chug of the yeah, thing right. <laughs> hey, he's really selling the product there 
Uh, all right. So, so, all right. Do so you if you're, you're, is there somebody you think has worse vibes? Man, there's I one think, team, there's one team competing with them. And I opinion. think Indiana is right there. Ah, um, uh, see, I don't where, well, so you hear, so first, you know, 13 and 18 record, um, 13 and re- 18 record, by the way, with a, with a positive point differential, which is kind of wild. <laughs> that is a pretty funny one. You're right. <laughs> and then, and point. then, so, so like you're, you're losing a bunch of tough games, which okay. is not good for the fan base's, uh, psyche. And then there's this like, will they, won't they rebuild and, and, you know, trade so-and-so and all this stuff. Like, it's just, you, you have the owner who feels the need to leak that, no, we aren't going to rebuild. We don't want to go into that. I wonder right. why the owner does you feels that way. Right. Uh, I, if I was a fan, I don't know. I don't know how much more of this, I, that I'd be able to take. See, where I disagree with this. I just, I disagree okay. with that part of it. Just the, this idea of like, you have to, if you're this mid market team, just tank and lose. And then you rebuild like it just, that doesn't work. What's the best well, team that's done that? No, I'm I'm saying I'm saying I don't want to keep on hearing about it. It's not a matter of like I need them. Like if I was a oh, Patriots right. fan, I want them to rebuild. No, I'd, I'd be like, no, make a decision either way, and then I don't want to hear about it. Right, anymore. right. But I just my whole point is everybody thinks these teams like Indiana they like to play fantasy GM where it's like, all right, everybody trust the process. Let's get 18 picks and we'll build up slowly. It's like, yeah, that actually doesn't. We we have a lot of examples of that not working, and we have a lot of examples: Denver, Chicago. Teams that actually never just said, hey, we're going full tank mode. Let's just be smart about this and actually have rebuilt quicker than people think or even slow. But they rebuilt without ever being the worst team or trying to yeah. be the worst team. Like, And I think that's all Indiana is saying is, hey, I mean, the Lakers go- rebuild with, by, by tanking worked out like it, you know. Well, it works out if you could trade 50 cents on the dollar five different times. But uh, no, but I think with India, that's kind of what I think the Indiana guy is saying here is we're not going to do the Oklahoma City thing where we're telling our fan base we're going to be bad for the next three years, but just it'll pay off. He's like, hey, we'll hopefully find a better solution to that. Who's the what's the team you were thinking of? Because you you disagreed with it being the Pacers, but who are you thinking? The Portland Trailblazers. Talk about talk about some (laughs) bad vibes. Are you kidding me, man? Like. They're they're three and seven in yeah. their last ten games. They're thirteen and eighteen. They're in the play. They're in the same spot right now. They're they're barely ahead of the Houston Rockets, who are trying to lose. Um, they have a coach now that it, you know, hasn't gotten off to a great start. They've got this weird mystery injury with didn't Daniel didn't get off to a great start even before he coached a game. <laughs> like <he's... laughs> it was, everything about this whole thing has been terrible. Um, and then what's different about New Orleans, at least. New Orleans never took off, right? Like in the Zion era and the Brandon Ingram era and the Alonzo mm-hmm. Ball and Josh Hart, like all these guys. This just has never gotten a foothold. So maybe there's a hope that are, they found there's enough young pieces there that you could say, hey, once we, whatever, there's some hope on the on the horizon. Portland is in their apex. Like they, this is not a team that's like, hey, <laughs> this year sucks, but next year. It's like, no, man, we you need to figure this out this year because Dame is 31. He's my I have sneaky hot takes on Dame. I have for a while um, that I, I one. I think he's much less impactful than than kind of his reputation. He's really good. I'm not trying to take yeah. away from him, but he's. I mean, he did lose to Facundo Campazzo and Austin Rivers as a starting backcourt in the playoffs last year. Yes, Jokic was awesome, but like that's that's not a good look. Mm. And then two, he's just old man. Like he's he's got a yeah. lot of mileage on him. And small. He's small and with a lot of mileage, and I think. LeBron has been doing this so long and is so old that people are like have moved the goalposts for what old is. But we actually have a lot more examples of, hey, 33, you might just turn into a pumpkin and you're not actually that good of a player anymore. And I'm worried Damian Lillard might be in that category. Wait, are we, are we talking about Zion? 
still body <laughs> shape <laughs> pumpkin no, no. no. <laughs> and the the thing with portland that i think would really like just be a, a constant kick in the balls is everything that you just said has been the case for years like the this has been the, like everything that you're talking about here, I, where they, uh, except for Dame being old, right? Except for Dame reaching 31, like that's that's yeah. obviously a, a newer development because he was younger three years ago, or whatever. But right. but we've always kind of sort of known that the CJ Dame backcourt yeah. yeah. had a ceiling on it. That was all like especially if those guys are making the amounts of money that they're making. Yeah. Um, we always kind of like you, you wanted to see what it would look like with Nurkic, and it looked good for a little while. But even there, it was just like, well, if you're if you're gonna if LeBron and AD are on a team in that same conference, or or if you have to now beat Jokic and and one of your better players is just flat out outmatched by somebody at his own position, then like that's just yeah. they've they've always had this ceiling to them, and like if I was a Blazers fan, I'd be pretty bummed now being at the edge of dame's prime potentially without ever really selling out and going all in for a legit title run where yeah. you give him a, a backcourt mate or a wing who you can who can you can com more confidently say than you have been with with cj yeah we i i actually really want to see where this goes and 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 I, that that would make yeah. it even tougher in a, in a in a macro scale in their defense, they made the conference finals in 2019 and they, it was like they had an easy route, you know, I mean, it wasn't, yeah. but they made it. And it's like, Hey, you still, if you're a, a team like that, you're like, maybe this thing does work. Let's write it out. Then you get the bubble year and that's just a really tough year to analyze anything. And then you get last year. I just, to me, I'm with you back then. You and I were saying this on our show together that they probably needed to trade CJ. Like we're not the only people this was it's, but it's easy in hindsight to now say like, you idiots, of course you should have done this when they had at least a reason that I think was reasonable to say, hey, we're a Western Conference Finals team. Like, we just need yeah. to fix the margins when that was probably a false hope. Yeah, that's fair. Like, you, if for those who were calling them idiots, and I'm not even necessarily calling them idiots, I'm just sitting here saying, like, we kind of knew. And, like, if you can, if you can go back and find me the takes where you're saying, hey, uh, it's a fun backcourt, but I don't know if it's a championship type of backcourt, or if they are, that if that is your backcourt, then you have to be absolutely elite defensively at, at right. some other positions. Yeah. Um, and they never were. They they were yeah. they were fine at the other positions. And then you know then the league got better. <laughs> in, in the other in thing many that ways. happened, the other thing that happened was last year they were what the second best offense in the history of the NBA. Like yeah. I, I know that all those there was four teams that were the best offense in the history of NBA, but they were one yeah. of them. And I think mm -hmm. there is a. a this desire to say like, Hey man, like we're pretty good on, Oh, we just got to, again, work the margins. I just don't think that was true. Yep. Um, their vibes you, are pretty, pretty down. Do you have any more, uh, before we move on? Dude, everybody's vibes are down. I got a lot of them. The Knicks 13 <laughs> and 17, the Knicks, the bing bong Knicks man had like the greatest first 15 games of the season. Everybody declared them like a powerhouse out East. I don't know if they've won since then. I mean, that's very much a Knicks thing, right? Like, <laughs> you look for every every reason. If people just try to find any reason whatsoever to tout them as anything more than they could possibly be. Like, right. last year, we were told, oh, my God, they're legit. And, and if they aren't legit now, they're definitely going to be legit next year. And it's just like, come on. Like, you, how, how good do you think you're actually going to be with Julius Randle as your best player? Like, yeah. come, let's just, 
you know, we could we can pump the bing bong brakes there. It's also and, and, year two, year two of Tibbs, like the the diminishing yeah, returns on that Tibbs. Tibbs would be the greatest coach in the NBA if he just was on a different team every year. It's like the Larry Brown thing, right? Like he would just yeah. like just go and. <laughs> The Jeff, he should be the Jeff Green of the NBA, where he just keeps going to a new team every year. It just takes one year deals constantly. Get paid a ton of money to do this. Coaching um, Jeff Green. Can I? Can I, I give a? Can I give a a, a hot takey one? Can I? Sure. Can I get, try to surprise you with one? Yeah. It's not even really a, see. Like I can't. I I I was gonna like say something I thought was would sound even bigger than it was, but it isn't. Like Boston is just. Yeah. They're it's it's bad. for a lot of the same reasons that like I think with Portland where you're saying you're trying to convince yourself maybe it gets better maybe it gets better maybe it gets better and then like it just never did and I don't yeah. really like even Danny Ainge left even Danny Ainge <laughs> saw what he built and was like ah yeah this is not yeah. going anywhere anywhere fast they they missed the boat again on on their biggest like opportunity they're fifteen and fifteen the only thing I'll say about them is. I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of the year they were more where we expect them, which is not a contender. Like nobody expected them to be a contender this year, but could mm -hmm. they be right below that? Yeah, I think they could be where it's like, Hey, they're giving the nets a scare. We're going to game six. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. But you're not going to win. Um, so they might end up, they might <laughs> yeah. end up there. I don't know if their vibes, I honestly think the Lakers vibes are worse than theirs. With, you think the well, Boston? Okay. So here expectation is a big part of this. I don't okay. think Celtics fans expected to win a championship this year. I thought they wanted to be competitive. Yeah, they wanted to see the rise of Jason Tatum and, you know, whatever. But mm -hmm. I don't think they were like, this is it, man. Windows getting, you know, getting getting shorter and shorter. We got to do this. Whereas I think the Lakers, if I'm a Laker fan, I'm looking at this. LeBron's going to turn 36 this week. No. 37? 37, yeah. Going to turn 37 this week. He's already breaking down a lot. Like he's still. No, he might be 38. I think, no, he's I think he's, he's not older than me. He's not older than me. I think, I think he is because he's, he's in year 19 no. and he entered the, oh no. So, so yeah. 19 plus 18 or yeah. Oh wow. So, Anthony yeah. does math. I love this. I, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta take off my slippers. I think he turns 30. But the point is like the window yeah. does feel like it's closing a little bit. Anthony Davis is bit. I know from talking to you and every other Laker fan on online that Anthony Davis is incredibly frustrating and has been for the last two seasons. Some of this is injuries, but some of this is just like, this has been the knock Approach. on him for, for all these years. It's like, he's a really good number two. Just don't expect him to carry you through hard times. He's not doing it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of what you're seeing right now. So I think the vibes for the Lakers are pretty low. And while I still think they'll be fine come playoffs, I don't know if they're just, I don't think they're going to win it. And I, and fine means they'll probably upset one of these others. Like they might upset the Clippers and you get a good feel good out of it. But I would be so shocked if they rose above all the teams out West. They ha they have to make some changes. Like with it, like it's just you know whether it's moving THT or if you're super duper desperate trying to move Russ or whatever. But but they're not like, going to move Anthony Davis. So I don't even like asking this question. But like, would you, if you felt like you could get like a a good number of players for Anthony Davis, would you do it? If they weren't so shallow behind him at center, I would yeah, I would yeah. I would think about it a little bit. But but like. Like when he went down, that was the moment where I was like, "Oh shit, <laughs> they are really not equipped to deal with Anthony Davis yeah. not being available." Because even when he's on the court, you're asking him to make up for so much defensively, and now that he's not there, like we saw it last night, they just couldn't get a stop against Chicago. It was just this, not this, some, it was not this is a good like a good a good way to like test where where Lakers fans are at in the overall arc. 
if you had the choice, this would never happen again. So this is why this is a hypothetical. But mm-hmm. if you had the choice to trade LeBron James and Anthony Davis to Cleveland for Mobley and all and of it, like yeah, for the Cleveland like the, Cavaliers, the <laughs> young the young pieces there. So it's like, hey, we're hitting the reset. Our team's not going to win a title now for the next like three seasons. But hey, yeah. we we probably like you're just pulling the the cord on the LeBron era. Um, no, I still don't think they're there. I don't. I don't think yeah. any Lakers. Fans, I don't, oh, they're definitely not there. That's why I said it's not going to happen. I just wondered you where your confidence. No, no, no. I'm was. saying. I'm saying like, I I personally wouldn't do it. And then and then um, I don't think Lakers fans are are anywhere near there. The, now, talk to me after next season, like or, or after this season. After this season ends, and depending on how it goes, you're you're looking at paying Russ forty seven million dollars next year. <laughs> you're looking at, you know, you're going to start getting into the into the. Uh, so like the thing about this season is that there isn't like LeBron leaving leaving hanging over the season whereas next year that might be like you're you're going to start yeah. to get those cuz he always plans that departure 2 years out in advance and next year is going to be where it, where it starts to get a little a little iffy. All right, so I I want to finish the show on uh the same way that I finished all of uh the episodes of of this one. And it's with your most embarrassing sports moment. Do you have one? My most embarrassing sports moment? Yeah, like the you know, like something that you've done that is uh, super embarrassing. So I, I have one to, to kind of give you a little bit of time, filibuster here for a second, and then you can you can get into yours unless you have one already. Um, the only one I can remember is like in fifth grade, my dad so like we got the game issue short. This is like I can I'm we're the same age. So there was the era right when long shorts became cool, which was like yeah. 92, 93, 94. So this is like 92. It's like yeah. real early in the day. And we got the game issue jersey and shorts. I'm in like, I don't I don't know, fifth grade or something like that, fourth grade. And I remember telling my dad like, yo, these shorts are too short, man. These are some David and he, Daisy Dukes. And he's like, uh, no, those are the ones they give you. That's like, no, those are, that's what looks good or whatever. So I had yeah. to play the whole season in shorts that were like eight inches shorter than everybody else's shorts <laughs> on the court. I just remember being like, right at the age where I wasn't old enough to put my, you know, to be like, dad, I can't do this. Yeah. Um, so that, well, that what was, what was the alternative? If they were game issued shorts, like, could they have gotten you new well, shorts? That's This was my dad's point. You sound exactly like my, my father. You're bringing me flashbacks. No, you can just <laughs> buy new shorts and just oh. wear them. It's like black shorts. Yeah. Every, oh, I, what, and what every other person did, and my dad's like, they gave them to you for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like I, I had that same issue where my freshman year, um, in so this was like 2000. So the long shorts were still a thing, you know. Yeah. And and if and so I got there, and um, the shorts that they gave you, that well, all of the uniform just looked like it was straight out of the Hoosiers movie. Like everything right, about it, right, yep. super heavy. Like yeah. you know, it wasn't even get cotton. It was just right, like right. heavy polyester um, that you were wearing, and you know, Retains it had this water, so you sweat and they become heavier. Oh my goodness, yeah. And and well, the the shorts that they gave you were super short, like very 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 short. And the only way that you could look like halfway decent was to sag. But like you, you were taking a risk out there with the drawstring because that <laughs> that that drawstring is not is not new. This, yeah. this drawstring is has been worn for you know thirty years now, yeah. and uh, and so yeah, like it didn't happen to me fortunately, but somebody's drawstring broke, and like they couldn't play in a game. They broke wow. during warmups. 
shorts dropped and they oh, just I've, had I've, to. They... Oh, I've, I've taped shorts on before, man. Like this is a thing that happens in like little, I think it happens less now. We've just become more affluent over the years, but 30 years ago, I feel like, yeah, there was a lot of, we don't have an extra large. So you're going to have to wear a medium yes. and just cut it in half. And when you're like, what am I doing here? Man? Like, okay. yeah. you just, we had you hand everything out by what you had. And you're like, sorry, uh, little <laughs> tiny guy. We only have a double XL. You're just going to have to like tie that to the side. Yeah. Well, I remember. For baseball one year we had we had picture day and picture day also served as like a uh like a tryout kind of so you show up and you wear like a for some reason they had you wear like a generic yorba hills uh jersey that you turned in after you after your picture and then um you know they give you these pants and the pants were too big and and i you you're supposed to bring a belt and i forgot my belt so because baseball is the only weird sport where you're allowed to wear a belt on right, the plank. Right. It was super weird. I always had a bruise like right above my navel, basically, because of diving with a belt on. Oh, um, right. Yeah. So did you so ever play I, with actual stirrups? Stirrups? Like, what do you mean? You don't know stirrups? So that means no for baseball. The little the little like things you put over your socks that like, oh, just, like no. line up. You never had this. So I had a pair of like actual stirrups because you, you, then it became just stirrup socks where it was like socks yeah. that had the line up the sides. So it looked mm -hmm. like stirrups, which makes sense. But no, I had an actual stirrup. You had to like, it was I like did. Stockings. I did wear my pants short, like just below my knees. Like I was, I guess I was old school in that regard. I remember when the long baseball pants became a thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I didn't, I didn't like wearing pants out on like while I was playing sports, but so um, no, so it's, it's like warm up. It's like tryout day and I didn't have a belt and this, these, this pair of pants was like two inches too big. It was just, and I was a skinny kid when I was growing up. So I had like a jacket that I had to tuck my pants into and I'm sitting, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there trying to take hacks in the, in the batter's box to show off to these coaches that they should draft me. And I'm doing like basically one handed. And every time I took yeah. two violent to swing, those pants were basically dropping down. And, and I, I like, I was, you're supposed to run to first base and show that you can run to first base. I was like, no, I'm not. doing. <laughs> you can, you can draft me if you want, but I'm not running to first base with these stupid pants on. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. This right. back in the day, these youngins will never know. They don't. They'll never know. All right. That's going to do it, though, for this episode of the Anthony Irwin Show. I want to thank you very much, Adam, for hopping on. Um, at, given given the short notice and given how busy I know that you are, is there anything you want to plug before you get out of here? No. No? Nothing. No. I... <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're a proud father, and you don't feel like plugging any of the sites that you're a proud father Oh, of. I definitely don't want to plug PHNX. Like, my God. <laughs> Oh, hey. Those awful people. <laughs> All right, then that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you very much, Adam, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>